MDOT presents The Extra Mile with Paul and Waverly. Welcome in to another episode of the Extra Mile podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm your host, Paul Catool, joined by my co-host, Waverly McCarthy. And the weather's great out there, guys. Everybody's getting out and about, hitting up college football games, right? Yeah, they're all getting out on the road, enjoying the nice weather. Everyone's going somewhere, getting in their vehicles on our wonderful roads and bridges in Mississippi. However, did you know that MDOT is way more than roads and bridges? What do we have? We've got planes, trains, buses. There's lots of things um, that MDOT is involved in that you wouldn't necessarily necessarily think about. But we learned all about that today um, in our interview. We talked with Charles Carr, who's the director of the Intermodal Planning Division here at MDOT. Waverly, I think this was really one of our best interviews we've ever done. Uh, Charles gave us a lot of great information on the Intermodal Division and uh we're excited for you guys to listen in. Yeah, absolutely. We learned a lot and a lot about what MDOT does outside of our roads and bridges, and I think y'all are all going to really enjoy it. And along with Charles Carr, we actually um, are we're introducing you to our newest public information officer, David Kinney. David um, has spent over 20 years in the Jackson area in the media. Um, we actually worked together at my last job, and now we're back together here at MDOT. Um, he's going to be the PIO for the Northern Districts. Um, and so we just wanted to intro- introduce y'all to him first. All right, so we've got David Kenny here. He is uh, the newest member of the MDOT Public Affairs team. He covers the Northern District for us. Before then, though, he uh, worked, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know the name, worked in the news at WLBT. David Spent a lot of time there. How many years? I was at uh, WLBT for over 24 years. So talk about your time at WLBT. Yeah, well, I came here uh, fairly a green reporter. I worked uh, in Mason City, Iowa, uh, right out of college for a couple years and then got the job down here in the South. So, yes, I'm a Yankee. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota originally. Um, but it, it was a great experience. I learned a lot, learned a lot about the state I had never been to or even traveled to or even visited to. But um, it, was, it was a great learning process, learned about the state, state government, um, and everything that goes on here in Mississippi. Met a lot of fantastic people, formed uh, some great relationships, friendships, and uh, it, w- it was a great time working as a reporter. And so now you have made this transition from journalism to public relations. How do you think that is going to help you communicate the key things that we need to get out to the public here at MDOT? Right. As a reporter, that was my job and that was my craft uh, to be able to take information, disseminate it, and then provide it to the public in a way that they could understand it. Um, There was always this rule in journalism, when you do a story that it has to be for uh, something an eighth grader or someone eight years old could understand. So everything is, uh, you know, simplified and uh, understandable, clear, concise, and to the point. Um, And that is 
what I had, you know, done as a reporter. And it's really prepared me, I guess, for this job because the, providing the public with the information about the projects that MDOT is doing is pretty much the same thing. You want uh, people to understand uh, what's going on. This is uh, taxpayers' monies uh, being spent around the state on projects to provide uh, safe transportation for the people. So you want to let them know exactly what's going on and, and how it's being done. So you've been here for a few weeks. Um, how like What have you learned about MDOT that you weren't really expecting? Well, I kind of had a, an idea of what to expect, and a lot of those things uh, have turned out to be true. Um, uh, there's, there's an immense amount of things going on in all different places, which is kind of uh, overwhelming to try to, you know, get, wrap your head around that, but uh, I'm in charge of providing people um, with information from the Northern District, and there's a lot going on there. And uh, I was able to visit there for the first time um, and see exactly what uh, is is transpiring on some of these road projects, um, and we're getting some of that information out now. But I guess to, to answer your question, um, I didn't know there were so many uh, moving parts and different levels uh, to MDOT. I think I'm learning that, you know, there's, there's a lot of different levels and different areas in the Department of Transportation that um, everyone serves a certain purpose and, you know, making everything come together and, you know, making these huge multi-million dollar road projects uh, come together. And it's interesting to see how all these different parts work together to make things happen. As someone who covered MDOT and now is working for MDOT, pretty sure you have a good idea of this. Why is transportation infrastructure so important to Mississippians? Well, in my mind, it, it impacts everyone, whether you're from Mississippi or even if you're visiting Mississippi. And it's extremely important for people visiting Mississippi because I think that leads to economic development. If you don't have a good, you know, infrastructure and a good, you know, roadmap for the future, you're not going to be able to turn the corner and, you know, get new businesses here, new uh, industry. So transportation is, is key, and it's key to keep people, you know, in the state also. If, if you don't have a good transportation system, it makes it difficult for people to have a good quality of life. And if they don't have that, they're going to go live elsewhere. And so when you were at um, WLBT, you covered, I mean, there was lots of statewide stories, but mainly you covered the central Mississippi. Are you excited to get to another part of the state that you've, you know, you've lived here 25 years, and <laughs> so, but now you're covering a new part. It's just, it just can be kind of interesting. It, that is exciting. And, and that's, uh, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to, you know, the northern district. I've been all over the state of Mississippi. I've been to the Gulf Coast, but that is one area, area and part of the state that I had never been to. Um, Tupelo area, um, which is in uh, District 1, that is, uh, Corinth, I've never been to that part of the state. And as a reporter, that was one of the things that I liked and looked forward to is seeing different areas, meeting different people, learning about different things here in the state of Mississippi, and now I'll be able to continue to do that. Absolutely. And uh, 
you know, we're really excited to have you on board. And, um, you know, if anyone has any questions for David about the Northern District, you can always reach out to him. Um, you can get his information on our website, and we'll put it in the, the show notes as well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you, David. Hey, sports fans. Before traveling to your game day destination this football season, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app to help you reach the game safely. Reach your destination on time by checking ahead for crashes, closures, and construction with the MDOT Traffic app. With just one tap of a finger, you can see road conditions as well as receive traffic alerts along your route. You can even stay up to date with alerts based on your specific route to the game. The MDOT Traffic app is available free for both Apple and Android devices. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. back in to the Extra Mile podcast. You know, before I got to MDOT, I really did think MDOT was just roads and bridges. That's not the case. Today we've got a very special guest, member of our leadership team here at MDOT, Charles Carr, the Director of Intermodal Planning. Yeah, um, and we're going to talk all about the Intermodal Division and uh, what all that's involved, but first um, we wanted to get to know you a little bit better and tell tell us about how you got your start here at MDOT. Well, I'm uh, fortunate enough that I predate MDOT, and I have to explain that because it sounds kind of strange. Remember, MDOT was, at, for a number of years, the highway department. We became, my, my uh, staff and I became a part of MDOT when, we create, when MDOT was created in 1996 so that all of the modes that we have now were brought into the highway department. So I've been with the Mississippi Department of Transportation since 1996. And so you are the director of the Intermodal Planning Division and so can you explain a little bit about what Intermodal's role is here at MDOT and what all is involved and falls under that umbrella? Okay I think what would help is if we kind of define two terms that oftentimes get confused or interchangeably used and they're not necessarily the same. Intermodal and multimodal and that's something that people oftentimes just don't differentiate between. The Office of Intermodal Planning was designed to do the kind of planning and management of the non-highway side of the DOT functions. And in the Office of Intermodal Planning, we have the Public Transit Division, the Aeronautics Division, we also have Ports and Waterways Division, and now we're bringing back the Rails Division. So those non-highway modes are what make up our office of intermodal planning and my responsibilities are to oversee those but to primarily do the kind of coordination and the the leadership so that we can develop cohesive plans for intermodal components or intermodal modes that will support the mission of the department overall. So there's a lot of different things that go into into your division. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with funding, correct? 
Well, yes. Uh, funding is a direct function of the responsibilities that we have. Okay. My office has, as I said, those various modes that we cover. So we've got those divisions that I just named. And what we have to look at is intermodal is about connectivity. Multimodal is about various modes. So when we're speaking of intermodal, we're talking about how do we manage, support, and contribute to the movement of goods and people with various modes, usually in one trip. So multimodal is we would have a number of different modes at any given time that may impact a transportation trip or impact the transportation experience itself. But that, I think, is probably the cleanest way to give it the layman's explanation. Now, your, your question about funding, we are pretty much a federally funded office. We have a limited amount of state dollars, but most of our dollars that we use for the various modes come from various federal grant programs that we have to administer. And so you talked about all of the different areas of your department. Why are those important to create a safe and efficient transportation network? Well, it's, I would say that it's essential to understand that the network, when we look at the transportation network that MDOT supports, uh, plans, develops, and supports, we have to have those individual components because the highway side of the transportation network is not the only side. It is the central piece to moving people and goods throughout our state and connectivity throughout the region and into the nation. But you also have those necessary components that feed into using the highway, constructing the highway, and then we have an important role to play because we can help remove traffic wear and tear or minimize wear and tear on the overall highway system. So when you look at airports and you look at rail, when you look at even public transit, each one has its own individual emphasis and primary, let's say, service that they provide to a constituent group. But it all plays together. If we're going to look at the, our network as a network of connectivity, where we connect people with the services and the destinations that they need, we have to use various modes to get that done efficiently and safely. So... Besides getting people, you know, where they need to be safely and efficiently, a, a big thing with transportation infrastructure is the economic growth and development element. How does your department help with that? How do some of the modes help with economic growth and development in, in the state? Well, it varies. Each one of our modes has a unique role that it can play, and, and when we look at that, we look at, we try to project the economic impact. When we look at how we pass along funds to entities, be it a city, a county, or a nonprofit, one of the primary elements that we look at is what is the economic impact of our investment of funds into that entity that we can see a return on investment. So I'll give you an illustration. The, uh, the airports in the state, most folks don't recognize that we have over 20,000 airport jobs that are supported by the aeronautics industry. And our investment in helping to modernize those airports by equipment, infrastructure development, it plays into generating over $5 billion worth of economic impact just from the aeronautics field. 
So it's an integral part of our overall economy. That's definitely not something you think of a, you know, the average person would think when they think MDOT. Well, of course, most folks really, across the country, departments of transportation evolved from highway departments, per se. And highway departments have a long history and have done a uh, quite a job, a manner job, in, in creating that network so roads and bridges are the backbone of how we move people. But we had to move into elements that could be better or more efficiently utilized to take advantage of that basic infrastructure. Let's talk a little bit about public transit. Uh, public transit, you know, helps people to get, you know, really, really everywhere, you know, from the grocery store to, you know, pick up prescriptions, lots of different places. Why is public transit so, why is it important to have such a, a strong public transit uh, network across the state of Mississippi? Well, let's look at, uh, from the perspective, of, well, we can even go global, but I'll come back to Mississippi. Bear with me just a minute. Sure. The national perspective, and, and indeed the international perspective, is we have to worry about climate change. And public transportation is a significant element in helping to reduce our carbon footprint. Public transportation oftentimes gets confused with a service that is either the Chicago rail line or the local bus or van system in Shibuta, Mississippi. People don't wrap their minds around it is not one size that will fit all. Here in Jackson, we have a public transportation system, the JTRAN system. And by the way, DOT does not directly fund them. We provide some support for capital improvements. But getting back to my original point, we're looking at how that public transportation service can impact the well-being of the community. It's about quality of life. So whether we're going to, as you mentioned, prescription pickups, or whether we're going to school, we're going to the doctor's office. One of the things that folks don't normally consider is that public transportation is used primarily for folks to get to jobs in most of the country. And our public transportation network in, in here in Mississippi is growing in that direction. As a matter of fact, our numbers show, most recent numbers show that we provide over three million passenger trips for education-related purposes annually. And that means that you've got folks being prepared to go out into the community, getting the education to become uh, contributing uh, members of society. But we also are working with major employers like FedEx and some of the other major uh, logistics companies so that we can get employees from using the Delta is something that comes to mind employees who are in areas where are economically depressed now have access on a daily basis safely and economically to where those really good paying jobs are. So that's something we're really building and working on now and we've got a lot of folks behind us. We're trying to work to develop that kind of network. When we think about the national and regional uh, perspective, people often tell me, well, when I was in Atlanta, we did this, or when I was in New York, we did that. Uh, but we have to microcosm. We are not those cities. We don't have massive rail systems. We, we can't support that right now, but we still have people who need to get to work, people who need to get to the doctor's offices, and we're building that network of systems across the, across the state. Can you speak a little on how what MDOT's exact role is in public trans transit? 
And our role is essentially twofold in public transit. We are the primary funding source for rural transportation services in the state, and oftentimes we, some folks get taken aback when we say rural, but this is a federal classification. Any area of 50,000 population or less is considered rural by, by the federal definition. So when we say Hattiesburg qualifies, uh, it's right on the cusp now, but I'll, I'll use Meridian as a better example, or Natchez. Well, they don't consider themselves rural, but by that, that population number that's used to award grants, they are. But it is one of those things that we have to consider when we put money into those regions. We go after every available federal grant opportunity we can. So that is to provide monies for vehicles, buses, vans, and some rare cases, sedans, the money to pay the drivers, purchase the fuel. We've even built transit facilities in Natchez, uh, the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians, up in um, Coahoma County in uh, Clarksdale, so that we could create a transit network in that region that could be self-sustaining. So our other role on public transportation is with all federal money comes federal requirements. And we have a litany of requirements that we have to make sure safety, uh, Buy America, um, DBE, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Programs. Um, it's a whole list of things that we have to monitor them for and provide technical assistance. So we're not going out to audit to say, gotcha. We're helping them to develop programs that are economically sound and safe and effective. And we've got a whole array of monitoring tools that we use plus technical assistance activities that we provide. And real quick, can you talk about MDOT's role helping to coordinate with the vaccination transportation? Mm -hmm. We are not a provider of vaccination transportation. Sometimes those things get confused to, to folks as to the way it's being presented, but we support vaccine transportation as a part of the overall transportation, the access to transportation initiatives that we have. And we have worked with our transportation providers across the state through a network of regional groups to provide access to individuals within communities so that they, by their choice, can choose to go and get local vaccinations or even testing. And we've been, uh, we are continuing to provide that in concert with local public health offices and community health centers and those folks who say, we have a need, can you help us fill that need? But again, we don't provide it, we help to coordinate it. Charles, we've gotten an, an overview of, of your office and gotten in a lot of uh, different things, but what what's kind of coming on the horizon? Is there anything in the future you'd like to talk about when it comes to your office and, and the different functions? One of the major emphasis areas that we're gonna be moving toward, as I indicated, we do have rails and ports and airports and transit, of course, but logistics, not only connectivity as it relates to people, but goods and services from a global to a national to a regional perspective is really important. So we're moving to become more involved in how we can plan more for the changes in the global supply chain and the logistics process that has such an impact not just on Mississippi, but the world. And if I can digress a moment, in, local, in the local news, you have pro no doubt heard about all of the major issues that are 
arising out of what the experts say is supply chain is broken. The months and dollars that are involved in not being able to move product from point A to point B so that consumers like you and I can get what we need and want. And that's important. A lot of this impacts not just what we would like to have for Christmas, but these are needs that we have because our economies are so intertwined on a global nature now from a global perspective that we're going to have to be a part of that in helping to plan for solutions, not being reactionary, but being proactive in how we can be a part of making things work. So, Charles, we just want to thank you for joining us today. We learned a lot about uh, the intermodal division and the process you go through, and we just uh, we really thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I just want to thank everyone for joining us today. It was a nice um, treat to get to listen to David talk about his transition from the media to public affairs. Um, and then talking with Charles, I, I learned things that I didn't know even working here. And so I think it's really insightful for all of our listeners. And um, we hope that you enjoyed it. And remember to follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. No doubt. And before we get out of here, be remiss if we didn't thank our awesome producer, Katie Hornsby. And our wonderful editor, Drew Hall, who works a lot of magic for us here. Absolutely. And as always, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi Highways.